visiting or don't know, uh, today's the day that we're going to pray over our goals. Uh, Nestor and Priscilla were mentioning that, and, and we've, we've just seen over and over over the years these answers to prayer when we write down. Many years ago, um, I, when I was working in sales uh, for a man, a, a friend of mine who had a business, he, he taught me how to write down goals. I had never done it in my life, and uh, uh, it's scriptural. You know, Habakkuk says to write down the, the vision and make it plain so that those that read it can run with it. And so we need to have goals, and we need to have some that are, uh, you know, attainable, and we need to have some that are impossible so that God can, only God can do it. Amen? So we'll do that at the end of the service, and if you're here and you don't uh, have goals, you, can, you, you still pray with us and everything, but a lot of people in our church know uh, today that we're doing that at the altar time. And, and I think there's going to be some real significance to it once we get into this word. Um, I'm, I've kind of got two-part message here, um, and, and one is... Uh, the message the Lord put on my heart earlier in the week, and the other one is the one the Lord gave me this morning when I woke up. So I'm going to give that one to you first, and it'll kind of make sense for the other one. So I, I, I want to say this not lightly in any way. Um, I don't, I'm not one of those people that, that walks around constantly saying, the Lord spoke to me, the Lord spoke to me, the Lord spoke to me, the Lord said. I think we have to be careful when we say that. Can I get a better amen? amen. The Lord does speak. But sometimes I don't know if he speaks as often as we think. And, 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 you know, he doesn't tell me to go brush my teeth, in other words. He doesn't tell me to go to the bathroom and things that are common and, and knowledge. But he does speak powerful things to us when we listen. And, and I believe he wants to speak to us a lot. But when the Lord does speak to me something very specific and very clear, then I know it's him. And I really know this morning that God spoke something very clear to me. And I have a word for you. And if you'll grab it and grasp it and take it and make it yours... I believe that you're going to see some real fruit this year. Amen. I want to, I want to put up this scripture, John 14, 12, and then I'm going to explain it. So in, in the beginning of this fast, if, you, if those, again, that don't know, I know that we always have uh, people at different places and where we're going. Um, it, we're in our second week today, and this is our last week of a 21-day fast that we've been in as a church and as a fellowship. And we are praying and fasting for many things, and some are personal, some are corporate, some are worldwide, churches, visions, different things. And um, it's, ever since we started this fast, I have had this word in my spirit. How many know God will give you a word in your spirit? And this word greater has been in my spirit. And I just feel like I, 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 that's, that's just a repetitive thing, praying and just a repetitive thing, uh, reading the word and just and worshiping and stuff. It's that word greater has been there. And I thought, okay, that's a theme for this year, that this, this is going to be a year of greater things. Amen? Greater marriages, greater relationship with God, greater health, greater finances, whatever you want, greater. Amen? The only thing we don't want is greater struggle. Amen? We want everything that's good to be greater, and, and, and God wants that to be that, the case as well. So as you look at this scripture, he says, Most assuredly, I say to you, he who believes in me. How many believers do I have this morning? He who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also and greater. Shout that out with me. Greater. Greater works than these he will do because I go to the Father. And I can't take long on this. But if you listen to our podcast or were hearing this when I preached this message, I preached a whole message a few months ago. I don't remember when it was specifically on that greater works. And it was a revelation to us that, that we are doing greater works today when we win, we win people to the lost. 
because that was something Jesus could not do. He was limited, and I don't want to, I don't want to take too much time on this this morning, but go find it on the podcast and listen to it again. But the greater, greater work is a very important word. So I've had that in my spirit, and this morning when I was asleep, I get up about 5, 5.30 on a Sunday morning to get up here early and pray and get, go over my message and prepare. And so I was kind of half asleep and half awake. It was before the alarm went off, and, 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 and I heard... Uh, not an audible voice, but in, a, in my spirit, I heard the word plethora. That's a big word, right? That's not like the, like, why plethora, right? It's like, could have been something a little simpler, you know? So I woke up, like, plethora, you know? What word is that? So first of all, how many know what that word means? Let me see your hand. Don't lie. We're in church. Amen. Amen. Okay, some do, some don't. I didn't. I had heard it. I recognized the name, but I d- definitely didn't know uh, at that moment, at least half asleep, half awake, what it meant. So I grabbed my phone and I talked to Google, amen, and I said, Google, well, and I didn't say it because she was asleep still, but I p- typed it in, the definition of plethora. So God has spoken this word greater to me this year, and the definition of plethora is a large or excessive amount of something. A large or excessive amount of something. How many received that this morning? Now, that, Amen, a large or excessive amount of something. That sounds like greater to me. And then you start looking at the synonyms, it's excess, abundance, overabundance. How come you're the only one that shouts on that, Pops? I, I guess overabundance and, the, and all that's coming to you. Amen. You're going to get it all. The same thing happened in the first service. He's the only one saying amen. Those are some words to say amen to. Amen. Overabundance. Uh, more than enough. If you want to keep living in, in just enough, go ahead. But God says, I've got greater things for you. Amen? And trust me, we're not just talking about finances. We're talking about everything. Overabundance in marriage. Overabundance in joy. Overabundance in finance. Overabundance in health. Overabundance in fruit. Overabundance in salvation. Overabundance in everything. That's the word of the Lord. And, and he doesn't speak to me that often on these things. I know it was God. And he definitely doesn't speak a word like that to me. I was definitely a confirmation. Amen? I haven't heard that word in a long time, and I'm not even sure I ever have heard it, but I heard it this morning. Amen. More than enough, too many, too much, enough and to spare, super abundance and surplus. Amen. So that is the first word here, and then I want to put one more verse up. Um, Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20, that says, Now to him who is able to do exceedingly. So this is God's definition of plethora. Okay. I just gave you the definition, Webster's Dictionary definition. This is God's. He says, to him who is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we ask or think according to the power that works in us. Amen. How many will receive that word this morning? The power that works in us. So that ties with John 14, 12 that says, greater works will you do in my name because I go to the Father. So that's a word that I want to give us this morning for the year. Hopefully you hold on to that. Hopefully you wrote that down. Hopefully you grab that in your spirit. And now I want to preach the message for this morning that's going to tie into our goals and everything. And it's one of my favorite messages in the Bible. And I want you to go to Ezekiel chapter 37, please. Ezekiel chapter 37. And as you're getting there, I want to give a good praise report this morning, um, we, we just, as Pastor Kirk mentioned at the uh, first offering this morning, uh, we prayed for Tanzania. Pastor Dylan and Ashley arrived safely uh, Tuesday to Arusha, and um, we've talked several times since then, and um, he did not waste any time 
as he got to Arusha. Today was Sunday. Right now it is about 9 o'clock at night in Arusha. So they're nine hours ahead of us. So remember that when you're praying for them. Um, he told me yesterday, I've got something planned for tomorrow morning. And I said, well, don't tell me about it till 6.30 in the morning. Amen. Because it's going to be, when you do that, it's going to be nighttime here. So I, right on the way, actually I had gotten here, I got a call from him, and he showed me this video. And I want to ask Chris to put this video up here in a second. Sorry, I didn't give you as much warning that time. And uh, watch, this, watch this testimony of what God has done since Tuesday. Can you start back over again? I was talking, my bad. That's my fault. Uh, it's Pastor Dylan. He said VW Denton. That's what Hey, VW Denton. Uh, it's Pastor Dylan. Uh, we're sitting here. We're standing here in Arusha, Tanzania. Uh, we've been here now since Tuesday. It's Sunday now. Uh, and we were blessed to be able to have our very first uh, service this morning. Um, and uh, we got guys that showed up. We had four hands raised for salvation this morning. God's doing great things. And the uh, service has been over for a little over two hours now. And nobody's going anywhere. People are just sitting just soaking up uh, discipleship and just talking about what all we can do in the kingdom of God right here in Arusha. We thank you for your prayers, for your love and support, uh, and for all your giving, all those who made pledges. Uh, I want to tell you thank you and God bless you. God's doing great things in Arusha, Tanzania. Y'all be blessed. Take care. Amen. Come on, somebody. That's enough. That, y'all to get back excited about that. Come on. Get excited about something. Praise God. Four days there and already had some people get saved. Already has, he showed me, he sent me another picture of, the, of them with a, with, a, with a wagon pulling the chairs to his house to set up for church. Amen. God's going to do a revival in Arusha. Amen. And that's, that's our church. That's our pastors that we sent out. Amen. So Ezekiel chapter 37. And as you're getting there, the, the, the Greek word for greater or for plethora that I was talking about earlier is fullness. How many want the fullness of God this year? I want everything God has, the fullness, amen? How many like to be full, right? Not overly full where it hurts, but full, satisfied. And God wants us to be, have fullness this morning. So I want to preach a prophetic word this morning for our church, for our fellowship, for your lives, for your marriages. And it's going to start in Ezekiel 37, verse 1. It says, the hand of the Lord came upon me and brought me out in the spirit of the Lord. Church, if we're going to see God do something in our lives, we have to walk in the Spirit. Flesh doesn't work. How many know, how many know flesh gets you in trouble? And we've all made some fleshly decisions. We've done some things on our own and had nothing but problems and struggles. But when you are in the Spirit, the Bible says if you walk according to the Spirit, you will not fulfill the lusts of the flesh. If God is going to do great things in our lives, we've got to be in the Spirit. We've got to learn to see things in the Spirit. We've got to learn to speak things in the Spirit. We've got to learn to hear things in the Spirit. We've got to learn to allow that revelation to come in and, and get past our flesh and our thoughts and the ways we would do things and say, God, I know that you want to do something greater in my life. So God takes this man out in the Spirit of the Lord and set me down in the midst of the valley. And look at this. It was full of bones. Amen. Let's pray. Father, I ask you to anoint the ears of every person here, the heart and the spirit of every person here. I bind every spirit of darkness that hinders your word and would try to stop this from being fruitful this morning. I pray for an anointing upon my words, an anointing upon their ears, that God, at the end of this service, we will walk out differently than we walked in. 
And we will walk out with a prophetic word in our hearts and a prophetic word in our mouths to speak over our lives and our situations and our cities, Father. And I ask this word to come alive this morning in Jesus' name. And everybody shouted. Amen. So it caused me, verse 2, to pass by them and around, all around, and behold, there were very many in the open valley, and indeed, they were very dry. So we're going to stop right there for a second. I want you to picture this. Dry bones are a picture most of the time in the Bible of death and, and real death. Like how many know that if, if I was walking along the sidewalk this morning somewhere and someone passed out in front of me and had a heart attack, I could try to revive them. They still have flesh and a corpse and, and, and a heartbeat and, and they're still alive. But as they're dying, they're, they have a lot of stuff there. A, a dry bones is way gone. Amen? Way gone. And, and there's no flesh there. There's just bones. And, and this is a picture sometimes of our lives. This is a picture sometimes of our marriages. This is a picture sometimes of our finances. This could be a picture of our health. This could be a picture of our city. There's, this is a symbol of many things. It was a symbol in the Bible here. And God says in the spirit, he takes Ezekiel, this prophet, out. And he says, I want to show you this valley of dry bones. And Ezekiel is surrounded by all these dry bones. He doesn't know what's going on. And there's a very symbolic thing about this. The place that they were at was in the area of the Jordan, the Jordan River, the Dead Sea, near Jericho. This was an area in the Bible that's very symbolic. But here's the most symbolic part about it. It is the lowest physical place in the world. It is 1,300 feet below sea level. It is literally the lowest place you can go to on land in the world. That place where these dry bones were. And in this place, it's a symbol this morning of how many know that when God does a miracle, a real miracle, because a miracle is something that cannot be explained. A miracle is something that happens if you're praying for something and you want God to move supernaturally, don't pray for something you can do. Because that's not a miracle. Pray for something that is impossible. Pray for something that God, only God can do. And sometimes, some of us here this morning might be in a situation where our, our situation right now seems impossible. It might be, our situation might seem beyond dead. It, it's, it's, a, it's not even a corpse, it's bones. It's dry bones. And here it says very dry bones in a valley at the lowest place. If you're here this morning, you might feel I'm at the lowest place I've ever been. I, I feel like I'm and discouraged, I'm hopeless, uh, that those bones are a picture of hopelessness. Let me tell you something. God will allow things to go to the very lowest of lowest to make sure that he gets the glory when he changes things, amen, when he turns things around, because that's what this story is about to be about. There's no doubt there's a hopeless world out there. There's no doubt there's hopeless people that need life and need hope and need restoration, and maybe your finances, your marriage, your body this morning, there might be somebody here who has a physical body that's dead. You're a dead man walking. You've got cancer. You've got a tumor. You might know somebody that's in that position. There's a lot of hopelessness around us. And this is a picture in that valley of this very hopeless situation. And here's the question in verse 3. Watch what God asked this man. He says, son of man... And I want, to, I want you to ask yourself this question. I'm asking you this question as he asks Ezekiel. Can these bones live? Can these bones live? How many know that's a, a weird question? Looking at a pile of bones, 
You say, can these bones live? Anybody in their right mind would say, no, bones cannot live. They're, that's way past dead. And we're not even talking about Lazarus in the grave for four days. We're talking about a dead body. The bones are scattered. This, this, this valley, this picture, is, as, you, as you go, let's go back to the picture again for a second there. In that picture, I keep Chris, that gets his workout during the service, moving around back there. You look at that picture. There, there, there's no form of a body there. There's no, there's no, there's no, there's no skull. There's no, you know, maybe that's a femur, that big bone, but it's just a pile of bones. It's a mess. It, it's beyond hope. It's beyond uh, possibility of being anything. And God is saying to us as a church, he's saying to you as an individual, can these bones, can this situation, can this neighbor, can this brother or sister, can this sickness, can this financial situation live? That's the question that God is asking us. And, and here's, here's the answer. You have to answer that for yourself. God wants a, a prophetic power to rise up in us this morning, as we're going to see here in this word, that we can see a desperate situation and we can speak over it and bring it to life from death, from beyond death. From way beyond death. Amen? I'm telling you, this is for somebody who thinks, man, that, that, that thing's way gone. It's way dead. It's way out there. It's, it's beyond hope. That's what's so awesome about the gospel. Say this with me. Nothing is impossible with God. How many believe that? Verse 4. Sorry, sorry sir, verse 3 says, So I answered, great answer, Lord God, you know. Right? That's a good answer. Smart. Smart guy. You know God. He could have just, yes or no, or God, you know. That's a good answer. Verse 4. And he said to me, prophesy to these bones and say to them, O dry bones, watch this, hear the word of the Lord. Amen. Amen. My prayer this morning, I'm just the messenger, is that you would hear the word of the Lord. He's already spoken to me. I've already got this. It's already in my spirit. I'm praying that you will hear the word of the Lord. He's, he's telling this guy, listen, he's, he's telling, here's a desperate situation. I've got a, How many know God's always got a plan? God's got a plan. Nothing, nothing catches him by surprise. He has a plan. He just needs us to believe it. So he's got a plan over here. He's got a hopeless situation over here that we're in. He's got a plan over here. If he can just get us to connect the two, a miracle can happen. So he says, I want you to prophesy over these dry bones and hear the word, not of the doctor, not of the bank, not of your employer, not of your neighbor, not of a, not of a scoffer, not of a mocker. He says, I want you to hear the word of the Lord. How many know we need to stop listening to what people say and start listening to what the word of the Lord says? Amen. What God's word says, what the Bible says. We're too, we're, we're too busy thinking, well, they said this and they said that. And my credit report says this. And the doctor said that. And my boss said this. And the world tells me that. We need to stop listening to all those voices and start listening to the word of the Lord. Can somebody say amen? We need to start believing what God's word says and proclaiming it as it is this morning. So he says, thus says the Lord God to these bones, surely... I will cause breath to enter into you, and you shall live. I will put sinews, which is another word for tendons, on you, and bring flesh upon you, cover you with skin, and put breath in you, and you shall live. Then you shall know that I am the Lord. So God is telling him, listen, I want you to prophesy 
But he's, this is the thing we got to understand. God can do anything, but he chooses to use us. God could have spoke over those bones, but he said, he said, Ezekiel, do you believe these bones can live? Sometimes we wonder, why, why is that person so fruitful? Why is that person so, so uh, growing? Why is that person seeing such a... We, we kind of look at other people and wonder, why does God use them? It, does God love them more? Does God want more for them? No. The thing that separates us is who believes in what his word says and who takes him at his word. He's telling Ezekiel, and he's telling us this morning, I want you to put your place, yourself in his place this morning. He's not talking to Ezekiel this morning. He's talking to you and me. He's asking every one of you. I'm not going to sell your names. I can shout out names. He's asking you individually, do you believe these dry bones can live? Do you believe I can heal your body? Do you believe I can change your situation? Do you believe I can use you to do great things for God? Do you believe the city of Denton can change? Do you believe the United States can change? Do you believe we can see a revival? Do you believe things can happen? He's asking us, do you believe? And all of us have to answer individually and I hope corporately and say, yes, Lord, I believe these dry bones can live. And he says, now, I don't want you just to believe. I want you to begin to speak. I want you to begin to prophesy. And, 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 and it's a detailed thing here. It's not just a general thing. I'm guilty of that. I believe we're all guilty of that. We don't pray specifically enough. We don't pray specifically enough. We don't tell God specifically enough. He begins to say, I want you to speak to those tendons. I want you to speak to the muscles. I want you to speak to the skin. I mean, he could have just said a, gen a general prayer and said, come together. But he said, I want you to pray for the tendons. I want you to pray for the muscles. I want you to pray for the bones. I want you them to come together, and a, and a body's going to be revived. And then he says, I'm going to breathe into you. How many know we, we need the breath of God to breathe into us this morning? Ecclesiastes 9.4 says, where there is life, there is hope. Where there is life, there is hope. How many know we need to be a church where there is life? This needs to be a place. This is a soul-winning agency. This needs to be a place that people can come into. And when they come in here out of the death of the world, they don't walk into death in the church. That was a good place to say amen. Amen. How many know this needs to be a place of life? This needs to be a place of joy. This needs to be a place of hope. This needs to be a place of love. So when people walk out of that dry bone world, they walk in here and they feel the love of God. Amen. They feel the hope of God for their life. They feel like things can turn around, that things can change, that it's not hopeless. Tell somebody next to you, it's not hopeless. Amen. It's not hopeless this morning. So he says, he says, cause them to breathe and enter in, life, life will enter in. So look at verse 7. This is key. He says, so I prophesied as I was commanded. You know, you can go a long ways by just believing and listening to God. You know, you can get a lot done by just obeying. We're so good at saying, well, God, that's not how I do it. You know, I, what, you know this, whatever excuse you throw in there, just say, yes, sir. Yes, God. Yes, God. Okay, that's what you say to do. I'm just going to do that. People are too busy trying to figure things out. He says, speak. We need to speak to the situation. Yeah, but God, that's, that's terminal. God, this is, uh, that's never happened. And, God, and we start throwing all these excuses. Stop doing that and speak the word of the Lord. Amen. Amen. Just speak what he, just do what he says. He says, so I prophesied as I was commanded. And as I prophesied, there was a noise. 
this is, I want you to put yourself there again. I want you to, to stand there in the valley of dry bones. I want you to, and listen, we've got plenty of movies today to help us with all this, uh, you know, special effects and everything. It could be easily made, a, a vision of this. The guy's standing there, and there's bones everywhere. There's nothing but bones. He's the only one living. And all of a sudden, something enters into his spirit of faith. He says, I'm going to do what God tells me to do. And he begins to prophesy, and listen to what the Bible says right here. As he begins to prophesy, there was a noise. Y'all there with me? Are you here? Y'all in the movie? You're in the Valley of Dry Bones? Bones and skulls and skeletons everywhere. And you begin to prophesy, and you begin to hear a little bit of rattling. Maybe a little bit over there, and a little bit over here, and you see, start seeing some bones move. Now that would freak a lot of us out and scare a lot of us. Amen. But as he starts to hear that rattling, I believe faith starts to build up more inside of him. And he's going, whoa, 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 wait a minute. I could, this is real. I can speak over that and something can happen. And he starts speaking more and prophesying more. And the Bible says, suddenly a rattling and the bones came together bone to bone. Indeed, I looked as the sinews came, again, that's tendons, and flesh came over them. Verse 8, and the skin covered them over, and the skin, sorry, covered them over, and there, but there was no breath in them. You know what that's a picture of today? That could be a picture of a believer who's, who's physically here, but spiritually dead. Amen. Got a corpse, got a body, but there's no breath in them. Now, that could be someone who hasn't gotten saved yet. You're here physically, but you're not saved. Or that could be somebody who was saved and has backslidden. And you, don't lo you no longer have the life of God in you. You're just a, a dead man walking. You're not all the way dead to where you're just bones, but you're dead. Your corpse is dead. Your body's dead. You don't have any life in you. You don't have any hope in you. You're kind of just standing there. He says, there's bones began to come back together. God began to do the miracle, but there was no breath in them. So he goes, let's go a step further. Verse 9, he says, prophesy to the breath. Prophesy, son of man, and say to the breath, says the Lord God, watch this, come from the four winds. O breath, and breathe on these slain that they may live. A lot of times I've preached this message a lot of times over the years. It's one of my favorite scriptures in the Bible, my favorite verses and areas of scripture. I love this story because there's so much power here. And, and, I, and I start thinking about this. And so I've, I've incorporated this into my prayer over the years. And I remember being all the, all the way in Costa Rica praying this prayer. I remember being over in the first building on Londonderry praying this prayer when we only had like three or four people in the church. And I said, Lord God, bring those people in this morning from the north, the south, the east, and the west. God, begin to speak to those dry bones outside of this building and the church began to grow and then we went over to Fort Worth Drive and I prayed and preached it there or uh, prophesied it there and prophesied it here we can prophesy those people there's people those empty chairs next to you this morning are people you need to prophesy over and say I want you to God I want to see this chair next to me full I want to see this chair in front of me full of people who don't know Jesus people who aren't saved people who aren't healed people who are broken in addiction and I'm going to prophesy over them and I'm preaching better than you're shouting amen but that's okay okay, someone's going to get this this morning. You're going to prophesy to that situation and something that is not is going to become something that is. Because you might be so spiritually saved this morning that you might have forgotten that you used to be that person and somebody prophesied over you. 
Somebody prayed for you. Somebody said, I see my neighbor and you're that neighbor. I see that coworker, you were that coworker. I see that friend, you were that friend. I see that family member, you were that family member. And they're lost in their addiction. They're lost in their sin. They're lost in their selfishness. But Lord, I pray over them right now and I speak over them and I prophesy that they're going to come to you and they're going to get saved and they're going to know the goodness of God and I breathe life into them. You know, the Bible says that the power of life and death is in your tongue. What are you speaking? What are you prophesying? Are you prophesying life over people? Are you prophesying death over people? What are your words in your mouth speaking? He's showing us here that there's a power in our words. So let's begin to finish up. Verse 10 says, So I prophesied as he commanded me, and breath came into them. And they lived and stood up on their feet, an exceeding great army. Amen. Can you visualize that exceeding great army rising up this morning, not only here in the church, but all over the city, in other churches, all around the world, that, ri- that army rising up, that is, that is rising up because the church is prophesying to the lost. And he says, son of man, these bones are the whole house of Israel. Because at that time in Ezekiel, he was talking to the Israelites. But today he's talking to us. He said, indeed, our bones are dry. Watch this. Our hope is lost and we ourselves are cut off. That's an important point. Because if we don't have Jesus Christ as Lord of our lives, we can be alive, but we're really dead. The Bible says, let me read this scripture to you if you don't believe it. The Bible says in, in, in 1 John 5, 12, he who has the son has life. Nobody else has life if they don't have the son. So you might have somebody out there today in your life, in your family, in your neighborhood, at your work. They might believe in God. But if they don't have the son, they don't have life. They're just dead men walking. We have to have the belief. What did Jesus say in John 14 that I read in the beginning? He who believes in me. He who believes in me that he will do greater works. But we have to believe and we have to have the Son. And it says here in that same verse, He who has not the Son of, of God has not life. So if we don't have the Son of God, we don't have life. So the Bible's telling us here in verse 11 that we're cut off. That, that, that's the picture of people today. We're cut off from the world because of our sin. And the only thing that can bring us back into that good standing with God is, is Jesus as being the bridge. And he is the life giver this morning. Amen. He's the one that said to Lazarus, Lazarus, come forth. He's the one that said to that blind man, see. He's the one who said to the man in the pool, get up and walk. Take your mat and walk. He was the healer. How did he heal people? He spoke to their sickness. He spoke to their disease. He spoke to their situation. He spoke over their problems. There's a power in our words. We need to learn as, as, we're, as we're in this fast to pray and to speak these things in prayer. So he says, prophesy, verse 12, and say to them, thus says the Lord God. How many know we need a thus says the Lord God? Behold, O oh my people, I will open your graves and cause you to come up from your graves and bring you into the land of Israel. Watch this. Then you shall know that I am the Lord when I have opened your graves, O my people, and brought you up from your graves. Verse 14, and I will put my spirit in you. Watch this. I will put my spirit in you and you shall live. I will place you in your own land. How many are in your own land today? Amen. This is us today. Then you shall know that I, the Lord, have spoken it and performed it, says the Lord. 
You know, this is a picture of a dry, if I want to put that picture back up, that dry valley is a, is a picture of people's lives. It's a picture of people's thoughts. It's a picture of people's finances. a picture of people's marriages. It's dry. It's hopeless. There's no life there. But the Bible says in Isaiah 44, 3, I will pour water upon him that is thirsty. God will pour his water out on us if we're thirsty this morning. He says, and floods upon the dry ground. Amen. How many know we can see that, that water come up on that picture? It says, I will pour out my spirit upon your seed and my blessing upon your offspring. Amen. So as you look at that picture, I want you just to visualize water bubbling up through there. As you begin to prophesy to that situation. I want you to begin to see those clouds forming in the back bringing rain to a dry situation. The Holy Spirit wants to rain down on us. The wind of the Holy Spirit wants to blow through us this morning. And he wants us to speak to our situation. And he wants us to tell that situation, listen, I'm, I'm, not, I'm no longer going to believe the report of the doctor. I'm no longer going to believe the report of the enemy. I'm no longer going to believe the report of my mind. I'm going to believe the report of the Lord. Amen. Greater, greater, greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. Greater things will you do in my name because I go to the Father. Amen. We need to learn how to speak over situations. We need to stop talking about the situation and speak to the situation. He didn't say, watch this, he didn't say to Ezekiel, hey, what do these bones look like? Because he just said they look dead, they look dry, they look, he, he didn't say that, he didn't say, what do you think? He said, can these bones live? How many are getting this? Man, this world's so lost, man, this world's so messed up, duh, thank you, Captain Obvious. Amen, there's a Captain Obvious in all of us. He could have said, hey, what do you think about this valley? What does this look like? Do you notice he never asked him that? He said, can these bones live? Is there hope for this situation? Only you know, God. And God said, yes, there is. Yes, there is. Because I am in control of everything. And I just need you to line up with me, God says. And I just need you to obey my commands. And if you will do that, I will show you great and mighty things that you do not know. Amen? How many know we can believe this year for miracles? supernatural things that only God can do. Amen? Things that only God can do. Stop believing for things you can do and start believing for God things that only God can do. Because then he'll get the glory. Ephesians 2.1 says, you have, you have quickened or revived those who were dead in their trespasses and in their sins. If sin, if sin still reigns in our lives, then we're controlled by sin. But we're not going to let sin control us anymore. We're going to break off those shackles and break off those chains. And we're going to say, God, pour in your water. Pour in your life to me. And as I close this morning in this last part of the sermon, before we pray, before we pray for our goals, I want to tell you that the, the, what, what needs to happen more than anything is we have to have a mentality that we need to get people saved. If you will make a focus in your life to think about lost people, but the Bible tells me in Matthew 6 that if I focus on the things of God and his righteousness and his kingdom, all the things I need will be taken care of. 
So we need to have a heart for the lost. And there's a lot of lost people in this city. There's a lot of lost people in your neighborhood. There's a lot of lost people in your family. There's a lot of lost people in your workplace. And they don't need to be told anymore that they're lost. They need to be told that there's hope. They need to be told and they need to be spoken over in prayer. God, bring these people out. Lord, begin to bring these bones back together. Lord, begin to put flesh on these bones. Because that's what the father did with the prodigal son. That prodigal son came to his father. He said, I'm, I'm out, God. I'm out, Father. I'm, I want my inheritance now. I don't, I don't want to be a part of this house anymore. And he left the covering of his father. When people get saved and they don't stay in the house and they don't stay under the covering of God, they do what the prodigal son did. They walk out of the protection of God. There's a lot of people today I didn't say this in the first service, but I feel led to say it in this one. There's a lot of people today in this world who don't understand the power of the covering of the house of God. There's too many people who are bitter or mad at the church or mad at, 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 the, at, the, at, the, at the establishment of church. Or, I don't need church. I don't need to go to church. I don't need that. That's a lie from the pits of hell. We need a covering. We need a place to come together. The Bible says not to stop, to stop coming together and fellowshipping with the brothers. We need a place that holds accountable for the life that we live. It, you know what? There are some, I'm sure there are some churches that have made some mistakes and treated people bad. But I, I guarantee you, if you went to a bad restaurant and ate some bad food, you would never not go to a restaurant again. You just might try a different restaurant. you got to go to a place where the word's being preached, but you got to be in a place where you're covering, you understand you're covering, because this son left his covering. And listen, as soon as he walked out of the covering, he died spiritually. Y'all still here? He died spiritually. He was physically alive because he was partying. He was physically alive because we know that at the end of that story is him sitting in a pigsty, miserable and hopeless. And I believe in the story of the prodigal son, that father was prophesying over his son. And he said, he said God, bring back my son. I prophesy to wherever he, he, he at, is, is at. Listen, this is a great prayer to pray for somebody that's, that, that's lost. Let them go as low as they need to go. Let them go to the lowest place possible. How many know there's not much of a lower place than a pigsty? In a place with a bunch of pigs. Lord, let, let him get to the lowest place so that he'll realize he needs his house, he needs his father, he needs a relationship. And at one point, something happened, something clicked. Life was breathed into that prodigal son. And he looked around and he said, what am I doing here? All of a sudden, boom, what am I doing here? How many know that's what needs to happen? A lot of boom, the lights need to come on. Revelation needs to come. I need Jesus. That's going to happen through us prophesying over people and praying over people and believing these things for people, speaking that. Stop, don't stop praying. Don't, don't get weary in well-doing, the Bible says. Keep praying. Amen. Don't, don't matter how long you've been saved, keep praying. Keep doing the right thing. Keep doing the commands of the Lord. Keep staying in church, you'll, and you'll see fruit. You'll see God move. All of a sudden, boom, what am I doing here? Came to his senses. Everybody that's out there right now in the world that's lost, they're not in their right mind. They've been deluded. They've been deceived. They've been, they've been uh, twisted. They've been lied to. They've believed the lie, and they're in a place of danger today. All of a sudden, that prodigal son came back to his senses. He goes, what am I doing here? He says, in my father's house, the servants in my father's house eat, eat better than this. He said, I'm going home. 
I'm going home. I believe this morning we can prophesy to the four winds. We can prophesy to the lost. We can prophesy to our families and our friends. And, and today something can click. Something can click in their spirit. And they say, what am I doing here? And they can come home. And that man came home and listened to these powerful words. He said, for this, as he came home, he put his arms wide open to him. And he said, for this, my son was dead. This is the word of God. He said he was dead, but is alive again. He was lost, but now he's found. Why was he found? Because he came back to the house. He came back to the house. You say, why are you preaching this to me? I'm in the house. Because there's a whole bunch of people that are not in the house today. There's a whole bunch of people that are lost out there in their sin, and they're going to hell, and they're backslidden, and they're mad at God, and they're mocking God. There's people who don't believe in God, and the only way they're going to know God is if we prophesy to them, and we speak to those dry bones, and we begin to become unselfish and think about others more than we think about ourselves. Bow your heads and close your eyes this morning, please, as we close. We're going to pray in just a few minutes over our goals. But I want to ask as your heads are bowed and eyes are closed all over this place this morning, do you know Jesus? Just as God said to Ezekiel, can these bones live? I want to ask you, do you know Jesus? Do you have a relationship with Christ? He who has the Son has life. He who does not have the Son does not have life. It's that simple. The breath of God is salvation. The Spirit of God is that breath. We have to accept Christ, or otherwise we're just dead men walking. We're just, we're just a body that's, that's one day going to perish but God wants to give us life. He wants to breathe into us. He wants to give us eternal life. When God's breath comes into us, we receive the Spirit of God. We become adopted sons and daughters of God. And then we have what's called the, the hope of glory. We have the hope that when we breathe our last breath, this body that was corruptible will become incorruptible. How many all over this place could say, I don't know that Jesus this morning, but I want to know him. You just lift your hand this morning and say, would you pray with me? I want to know Jesus this morning as my Lord and Savior. I want to know Jesus as my master. I want, to, I want to have life breathe into me this morning. If that's you, just quickly lift your hand and put it back down. God's talking to you this morning. This is between you and God. All over this place. Honest hearts. Maybe you're here and you're like the prodigal son. You knew the Lord at one point. You, you've backslidden. You've gone out to your old ways. You've, you've gone out and you're, you're doing things you, knew, you said you'd never do. You've gone back to your old ways, and today you want to come home. The arms are open of God, and he says, come home, child. Come home, wayward child. If that's you, just lift your hand and say, pray for me this morning. Amen. God sees your hands. Amen. I want us to stand to our feet this morning. We're going to shift here. And I say shift because I, I sent this out in the text yesterday. I believe that if some, I believe some people are, are getting this, and I believe if some people will grab this and begin to walk in this prophetic word this morning, that things are going to shift in our lives. Things are going to shift in our church. I want to see a revival. I want to see things happen that are unexplainable. I want to see the lame walk. I want to see the blind see. I want to see these altars full every service of sinners coming in and crying out to God and saying, I'm so sorry, God. 
and just saying, what do I do to be saved? What do I do to change? How can I grow? I want to see these altars full of sinners. I want to see these altars full of people who don't know the Lord or people who have come back to the Lord. Listen, there's a whole lot of people in this area that need to come back to the Lord. Lots of people who are backslidden. Lots of people who are mad at God. Lots of people who are bitter and, and cold and they need to come home. That's up to us to speak over, speak a life over them this morning. Amen. So we're going to begin to sing a song, and this is going to be a corporate work right here. We're going to sing a song about dry bones. I want you to bring your goals up. We're going to have a time of altar right now. The Spirit of God is going to challenge you and touch you this morning, and we're going to pray that God would fill us up this morning so that we can go out and do what we're supposed to do. Amen? Which is win the lost, preach the gospel, invite people tell people about the lord because you're here this morning like pastor dylan said last week it happens in the streets you're here this morning because somebody went and got you somebody told you about the lord you didn't trip over the door of the church so amen get your goals i've got mine right here bring them forward to the altar we're gonna we're gonna pray even if you don't have your goals uh, we're gonna find a place across this front and we're gonna pray amen as they begin to sing